0: Hello, it is Chowderhead Sports here, coming to you live from Boston, Massachusetts, home of the greatest sports teams in the world. We got the Red Sox, we got the Bruins, the Patriots, the Celtics, we've got it all here. Um, So as we've kind of been doing, we're going to start off with football that's, you know, most uh, high stakes, I guess, right now. Patriots are playing this weekend, um, you know, so we get to, you know, go over the games uh, for the Pats and also the other playoff games uh, that are happening this weekend, so start off with the Patriots, they are playing the Houston Texans on Saturday night, 8 o'clock, in Gillette. Um, you know, Patriots are obviously the favorites, obviously, because the Texans went 9-7, and I think, this year. Um, barely won their division, barely squeaked into the playoffs, and, um, you know, didn't perform well. Brock Osweiler, garbage. Awful year. J.J. Watt, injured. Um, DeAndre Hopkins underperformed um, so they they have a lot of problems on that roster and yet they're playing in the divisional round of the playoffs so I don't know testament to Bill O'Brien as the head coach maybe or the fact that they just have you know like ridiculously amount of ties to the Patriots whether it's head coach, defensive coordinator, linebacker coach, players like Vince Will Fork um, seems like there's a lot of people there tied to the Patriots so maybe that's how they made the playoffs you know we'll see we'll see but um I think the Patriots have this one in the bag I really do I know it it to me it feels like it shouldn't be this easy um like it, I, part of me wants this like you know all in yeah we're gonna kick their uh you know what um we're gonna destroy them but you know I uh, part of me is also like hey this is the playoffs they made the playoffs Teams can have bad regular seasons and then just light it up in the playoffs. We've seen that with, like, the Giants, um, you know, and the Ravens. You know, wildcard teams and and low-seeded teams can really upset. um, So, you know, the, the Patriots fell to that. I think there was one year, I couldn't tell you the year, but I could tell you what happened. The Jets got dismantled by the Patriots in the regular season. Come playoff time, they walk into Gillette, and they beat us fair and square, so... You know, just because we beat the Texans 27 to nothing earlier this season doesn't mean it's going to be a, a a complete blowout again. Like I said, this is the playoffs. It's high stakes. You've got some young players, so who knows how they're going to perform. But um, some headlines in the game. Look, Eric Blunt is questionable, or doubt- I don't know if he's been downgraded to doubtful, but he's been missing practice all week due to sickness. Um, he was at morning meetings today, so that's, you know, a little more um, encouraging that he'll he'll be uh, ready to play, but, um, you know, illness is something that you can't really, you know, prepare for, it's not like you can say, like, oh, if you, you know, ankle injury, put a put a cast on it, or, you know, give him a shot of uh, something, it's really kind of like, if he's sick and he can't go, you don't want him out there, you don't want him fumbling or, or whatnot, so, LeGarrette Blunt's type of, of, you know, the way he plays running back, his, his, um his His like scheme, I guess you could call it, really dictates that he needs to be healthy, you know, he needs to be able to truck, push people over um, as as well as being able to break it out to the edge when the opening's there. So if he's not healthy, I wouldn't want to see him out there even if he's at like seventy five percent. I'd say rest him, you've got Deion Lewis, you've got uh, you know even Devlin as a fullback, but you also have James White. So you've got some, you know, consider, uh, you know, some decent guys, considerably, uh, you know, dangerous guys in the backfield. So I don't think you need Blunt out there if he's only 75%. Because, you know, he becomes a liability at that point to, uh, like I said, fumble or just be ineffective. And, and then, you know, you don't want the, the Texans to, you know, just all out blitz Brady because of the pass if they don't think Blunt's going to be um, effective enough. So we'll see. That That was... Pretty much it. He was the only player that you know really seems questionable. Um, Amidol is back at practice, you know, for a couple of weeks now, and he's he's looking to uh, you know get get acquainted with the with the play because he's missed he's missed several weeks. Um, Brady's doing fine. Uh, you know, Bennett has had that ankle injury all year, but you know, I mean, he's still you know a, a very um, he's still been dominating uh, a lot of his matchups, so I'm not too concerned about him. So we'll definitely see where uh, where this is going to take us as far as the, you know, health of this team, but without Rob Gronkowski, you know, you definitely feel a little less um confident, you know, if it was Gronk right now like on this team as well, you know, plus you know, all of the offensive weapons that, you know, offensive weapons that we have, Edelman, Amandola now, Mitchell, Hogan, Lewis, Blunt, Bennett, you know, all of these guys, Brady, um you know, all of these people we we have them. And then you could say we have Gronk. Oh my God, that'd be perfect. But alas, that is not the case. He is on IR. Um so we'll we'll definitely definitely be missed. But um as far as, you know, upsets, what are the chances of that happening? Not high. I really have faith in the Patriots' his preparedness for this game. I think Brady is is rallying the troops together, saying, Hey, we can't take this opportunity for granted we're playing um, in our house against a team that we have already beaten you know as far as the other matchup the other games you know I think they have the easiest game this week by far by far and so they need to really use that to their advantage you know so we'll see we'll see what uh happens but I definitely am confident in this Patriots team you know and even you know no matter who we're playing I still give the pats the edge because Tia, Tom Brady is unbelievable. Um, and I think he's really getting pumped up, you know, the fact that Deflate Gate and, and all this stuff can, can end. You know, basically, <clears throat> right now, the pen is in Tom Brady's hand to write the ending of Deflate Gate because it's not over till the season's over. I know a lot of people said Brady gave up on his appeals, so Roger Goodell won not the case not the case i think that if tom brady wields this team um he was out the first four games they went three and one in the remaining 12 games of the season he went 11 and one and if he's able to take this team without their second best player and rob gronkowski and with a lot of um younger players new patriots you know what i mean think about it on offense you've got Mitchell's new, Hogan new, uh Dean Lewis really new, he hasn't played a full year with us and he even played a full year this year. Um Bennett new, a lot of new guys. And on the flip side the defense, you know, we've lost some considerable guys. We lost Chandler Jones, we lost um the uh Jamie Collins. So with with all of the things that happened this year and before this year if the Patriots go out on top, Tom Brady will have won to Flakegate. I think that he definitely has the um, the ability to dictate how we remember the events that occurred, because Roger Goodell did as much as he could to limit the Patriots, and the fact that they're still Super Bowl favorites is a testament to how great the Patriots are as a team, you know, from man number one to man number 53 on that roster. there There's a lot of passion and talent there, but if Tom Brady wins, hosts that fifth Lombardi trophy, possibly his fourth Super Bowl MVP, who knows, who knows, who knows. Um, I think it solidifies him as the greatest quarterback ever. I think he's already there, but this ends the conversation completely. But I think he definitely will be able to say in the history books, Tom Brady won to eight because at the end of the season, you can make him sit out four games, but you didn't make him miss the Super Bowl and Tom Brady won it. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. History will remember tom brady as even not outside of the greatest player but you know the person who challenged the league and whose name was tarnished and he was still able to win that's just a a picture perfect setting uh scenario so moving away from the patriots i know it's very hard to do i'm very passionate about the patriots as i know a lot of you guys are because they are the most dominant team in boston um don't sleep on the red Sox, but definitely the patriots captivate this this region um So it's exciting to talk about, but let's move on to some of the other games. Uh, Also on Saturday, the first game of the divisional playoffs before the Patriots, it's Seahawks-Falcons, and it's being played, obviously, in Atlanta because the Falcons were the number two seed. That's kickoffs at 435, and they have Atlanta favored to win the game, Um, which, surprising, maybe the, the Seahawks came out and looked phenomenal against the lions but it was the lions so you know there's there's some there's definitely an asterisk next to how well they played you can say well they played good against arguably the worst team in the playoffs at least in the nfc so i hope that um it's a good game i hope that um you know we get to really see how good because last week's games were disappointing they were awful um so I hope that uh, this week's a little more entertaining. Um, but definitely want to see how Matt Ryan performs against uh, you know a top-tier defense because I, and I know Matt Ryan's a BC guy, Matt Ryan had a phenomenal year, but I always will question Matt Ryan's ability to play in high-pressure situations. He doesn't seem to uh, handle the stress well, and I get it. They're a beat-up team. They lost some guys on defense. You know, they're not necessarily the same offensive powerhouse that you might have thought that they would have been I mean they don't get me wrong they were the number one offense I think they they did have a great season and all but I still look at that roster and I'm like okay Julio Jones phenomenal wide receiver but he can be taken out of the games if you follow you know the way the Patriots do take their best guy out it's like who else is gonna beat you Devante Freeman yeah but he's kind of streaky Tevin Coleman all right maybe who else do they have a wide receiver like I just I don't know, I feel like they they don't seem to impress me as much as a number two team in the you know conference should um i I know the the Falcons are the favorite, but I'm going to pick Seattle to win this game i i don't I think Seattle's been there, their coach has been there, basically the entire roster's been there before, so we'll see if if they can get the ball. On the ground, you know, with with Thomas Rawls having, uh, you know, an unbelievable performance last week. If he can continue that, then they could be a serious contender to win the entire conference. Um, because once you get rolling, especially a team like Seattle, who just there's really strong bond between them, and, and they're, you know, they they trust in their coach and their in their game plan. If that really starts to kick off, then Watch out NFC because you're you're gonna have to you're gonna have a monster to to have to try and slay to make it to the Super Bowl. So we'll see. Hopefully, Maddie Ice can prove me wrong. I love to be wrong. I love it when when I pick a team and the other team responds and says, "No, no, no, Mr. Chowderheads, you're wrong," and 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 makes me look like a fool. So that was the uh, that was the Raiders last week. I picked the Raiders to win, and they're like, "No, no, no, we're gonna choke this game for you." And I was like, "Thanks," um, but. Still should be a good matchup. I'm looking forward to it. I you know, do I do I think it's going to be like the best game? No. I I really don't see um I just don't see the Falcons having it in them to hang. So, we'll see. We'll see. We'll definitely see, but for this Sunday, my picks are obviously the Patriots and then I said the Seattle Seahawks being able to to win against on the road against the Falcons. <clears throat> so, Sunday there was a time switch the Kansas City Chiefs and Pittsburgh Steelers are not. I repeat they are not playing on at one o'clock. There was some weather forecast issues, and the n f l decided for the safety of the players and the fans and everyone that they were gonna move it to eight o five so it is not um you know not gonna be the first game, but I'll still talk about it first. I think this is the best game this week um Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell lit up Miami last week. They were just unstoppable. And now they're going against arguably the best defense in the playoffs. And, um, and they have to go into Arrowhead. And the Chiefs are favored, barely. Um, so it should be a phenomenal game. I mean, going into Arrowhead is really is really scary. It's kind of like going into Seattle. I think it's become that, you know, even going into Denver. It's just a dangerous place for opposing teams to go and try to get a W. And and that's why that's why I'm picking Kansas City to win. You know, I know offensively Alex Smith is okay and they've got Kels and I know they've got, you know, a tail of running backs that they like, Trachantric West and Spencer Ware. Um and I don't know why they still keep Jamal Charles on the roster, but that guy just tears his ACL every year. But um I know their offense is, you know, the, the, a weak link, definitely, but I have no no problem picking a team that has a monstrous defense. The Broncos won the Super Bowl like that last year, and I think the Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs are trying to do the same. So I definitely feel as though the Chiefs lock this one up. They're at home, and that's why I'm picking them. If this game's in Pittsburgh, different story. I might take Roethlisberger, but I I just, I don't know. Arrowhead has that kind of... Ominous, yeah, going on the road, walking into that building. I don't know. I, I just don't necessarily see the Steelers doing it. So the final game, which arguably could be the best game of the week. I know it's. Um, I know the Steelers, Chiefs. I picked it because I know those teams a little better. I watch them. You know, the AFC, the Patriots play them a little more often. But this 4:40. It is the Packers and the Cowboys. So. The Cowboys, right, thirteen and three season, you know, under the two marvelous rookies Ezekiel Elliott and um, Dak Prescott, and they also got, um, you know, good good performance out of their veterans. You know, I know that Tony Romo was hurt, so obviously he's not a veteran presence, but Dez Bryant had a, you know, decent season, definitely better than last year, and Jason Witten, you know, had a good season, so. They've got some playmakers, and the Packers have just been on a absolute tear. With you know, last week they dismantled the Giants, who I I liked, uh, you know, to to possibly upset. I did pick the Packers, so I was right. And I said, and I said that the winner of the Packers Giants game would win the NFC. Boy, was I wrong! And you're like, how could you be wrong, Mr. Chowderheads? You don't even know what's happened. So many injuries occurred in that game that I wasn't even sure if the Giants had won. I don't even know if I'd pick them in this game, and I know they played the Cowboys well. W- with the Packers losing Jordy Nelson for at least this game, you saw what they were like last year. They were so weak, and Aaron Rodgers has been so reliant on him, and I know they were able to get it done with Randall Cobb and uh, Adams and you know all of their other offensive weapons, but I just... He's been relying on them for so long. Sure, you can beat a team like the Giants like that, but can you beat the Cowboys in AT&T? I'm going to have to retract my statement. I don't think they're going to win this game. I'm taking the Cowboys, and I doubt the Cowboys. I doubt their experience and their overall, um, you know, just just the way they rely so heavy on the run and, you know, Dak, put the ball in Dak Prescott's hand. What is he going to do? Uh, we'll see. But I, I know Aaron Rodgers is great. I know he's MVP caliber. I know he's Hall of Fame worthy. But I don't see him winning this game. He chokes in the playoffs. And you can be like, he didn't choke last week, Mr. Chowhead, Mr. Chowderheads. And I will say to you, watch the first quarter. You know, watch, watch the first quarter of that game. He was horrendous. Aaron Rodgers didn't play like Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. Like, I, they were going to lose. I thought they were going to lose. And I was like, wow, that means I would go two for two for that week. But anyway, it's not important. They were not good. And and I think if he gets like that again, if he starts off slow again, they're not going to be able to make it up against a team like the Cowboys because the Giants, you know, had a, a real chance to to put up a lot of points and you had drops from, you know, all of their star-wide receivers. Well, I guess they're one, just Odell. But still, didn't perform well. The Giants performed well. If Odell could catch a few footballs, then, yeah, I think the Giants win that game and Aaron Rodgers goes home goes home as, you know, the biggest choker in playoff history besides Peyton Manning. That's a story for another day. Uh, but I, I don't think if he gets to a slow start, he's going to come back against a team like the Cowboys because the Cowboys aren't going to have those same mental mistakes. So I'm picking the boys. Um, we'll see. We'll see if Aaron Rodgers can prove me wrong, just like Matt Ryan's trying to do. But I hope, uh, you know, I hope it's going to be a good game because last week was so dismal. Um, so that's it, my predictions again. I got Pats. I got the Hawks. Seahawks. I've got the Chiefs, and I've got the Packers. So, you know, I'm I'm calling for a couple upsets here, and you know, obviously going with the favorites in a couple of games too. So that'll be it for football. Hopefully, it is. Uh, it'll be a little entertaining. And switching over to some Celtics news because this is Cheddar Heads, and we talk about Boston here. Um, so the Celtics, um, you know, in the last few games were you know decent. I mean not not really playing a a hard, you know, a, a set of hard teams. I think they played Toronto and lost, which was disappointing, but we came back and beat the Washington Wizards. Um, so in Saturday they played and beat the New Orleans Pelicans. But more importantly, what I want to talk about is the little skirmish that happened between uh, John Wall and Jamison Crowder, and usually, I would be right there supporting the Boston guy. You know, Jamison Crowder, I'd be right on your back. You know, helping you, saying like, "What is this John Wall guy doing?" And what's going on? But I, I just what I don't understand as of late. Jamison Crowder is all over the place. You know, January third, he's accusing fans after the Utah game of, you know, not. Um, of not, you know, playing or not cheering for the right fans, or are you not cheering for the right players? They were, you know, cheering for uh, the Gordon Hayward, the enemy, I think, as he referred him on Twitter. So I didn't like that. And then I think against Philly, he puts up zero points. So what are you doing? Like, what what's happening in your life right now that's just causing this, you know, mental? Lapse in judgment Or mental lapse In performance Because you're accusing your home city's fans Which is never a good thing to do Especially in Boston We're going to get on you We're going to grill you We're going to say we can cheer whoever whoever we want to And then you put up zero points the next night Like yeah Why would we cheer for you Jameson Crowder You put up a goose egg And then you're getting into fights with other players I just don't get it I don't get what is wrong with him And maybe he's stressed or I don't want I don't even want to hear any excuse from him, but overall he um he just he he needs to go. He's just a head case at this point and um I would be perfectly at the beginning of the season I was like please don't deal with Crowder. He's gonna he's gonna you know he, we're paying him less than he's worth and he's got a good contract deal and he's you know been a big part of why this team's been successful what is it, January thirteenth? Yeah, I'm, get rid of the guy. Get get rid of him. Trade him. I don't care. Cut him. Um, I want him out. Uh, I know that's kind of harsh, but when you you're fighting with your fans, you know, putting up points, you're fighting with other teams. I don't get it. And he initiated. He put the finger in his face. If you've seen the video, it's like at the end of the game. You know, they're talking, and John Wall. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, Crowder sticks a finger in his face. And then I think John Wall goes to slap it away or slap Crowder. I don't know what it was. But then obviously, you know, uh, tempers flare and there's a big skirmish. And I think stuff happened, like, after. And they had, like, police outside of the team's locker rooms to make sure nothing else happened. So Crowder, not a fan of what you've been doing on the court, off the court. Same problems. So I want you gone. But Washington, I will say... You mess with Boston, I don't want you coming back into my building and thinking that we're going to treat you nice. We You lost the game, and you start fighting with Crowder, some bonehead. I mean, yeah, good luck for you, Washington. Uh, I've never had respect for the Washington Wizards, you know, ever since, you know ever since they think that they've got some nasty backcourt with Bradley Beal and John Wall yeah, they think they're they think they're hot stuff and you know, whatever. You know what, you guys signed Michael Jordan after he was garbage anyways, so which, and I got some beef with Washington, so um but yeah, that's the Celtics they're playing tonight against Atlanta in Atlanta. So uh Atlanta's just, you know, dismantling their entire roster, so I don't think this should be too hard and then we're playing Monday against charlotte at home seven thirty. um so you know a couple of good games wednesday against the knicks and then the and then portland so oh and then we're playing washington again on the 24th in washington god i hope we beat them but yeah as far as like great games that seems to be the uh you know it seems to be like a couple easy games coming up maybe we'll we'll get to see Millsap, and then maybe he'll want to come to boston hopefully i don't know i i I like his play. He, you know, was very good against the Celtics last year in the playoffs, so hopefully um, you know, he gets off that team because they are just garbage. So as far as uh, Celtics, that's about it. Moving on to the Bruins. Yes, the Boston Bruins played against St. Louis on Tuesday night, lost five to three, and then played again. Oh, they won five to three, my bad. And then they lost the on Thursday. Last night they lost to Nashville two to one. And if you didn't hear, last night, uh, Rask was in net and he took a shot off the face mask and had to leave the game. Um, I didn't I didn't see a clip of what happened yet. I don't know if the face mask broke or whatnot, but he was out and they put in the backup goal and he ended up losing. So um, you know, you hope Rask is is doing well. The, this uh Bruins play next on Saturday. Uh, 1 o'clock against Philadelphia. So, um, you know, we'll see. But right now, oh, they lost in overtime on the 8th. I forgot to mention that to Carolina. Carolina just seems to beat the Bruins every year. I mean, not every year, but every time we play them. Think about it. All right, we lost to them on the 8th. We lost to them December 23rd. We won on the 1st, but then... um. I don't know. So right now they're they've got us beat a couple times, and you know that's a team that you think this, the Bruins should be able to beat, and they're kind of struggling to get over the hump. So uh, upcoming games, like I said, tomorrow night, and then Monday there is the Islanders. Wednesday there's Detroit, and then Friday Chicago. I'm looking forward to the Chicago game. I know it's not the same matchup as it was a couple of years ago, but Chicago's still a very good hockey team, and the Bruins. Still lost to them in the Stanley Cup, so I want to see the Bruins, you know, um, beat them. And then we play Pittsburgh, and I'll talk about Pittsburgh later and, and what I think of Sidney Crosby and, and, his, whole, and his whole career joke. Um, so, yeah, as far as, you know, Celtics, not much news going on. That's about it for, um, you know, in, in general, Celtics, Bruins, you know, they're just playing, chugging along. Red Sox are also kind of out of it. I know there's been videos of Pablo Sandoval putting in some pretty intense workouts, and I know I was said earlier that he lost, you know, some weight and looks good. And now he's doing these hard workouts of like things like weights and stuff tied to his back, and he's like running and doing all these agility uh, exercises. So excited, excited to see that because he really lacked that kind of passion last year. I think you know he he led us his, his weight, and you know he led his success. Um, you know, you know, three home runs in a World Series game and all this jazz and, and being a big free agent signing. You know, he let that get to his head, I think. And, you know, he, he put on some weight. And he got eaten alive for it. People here were calling him fat and, oh, we don't want this fatty playing for us or whatnot. So I think that really bothered him. And I think he's trying to prove to the people of Boston that he is a good player. He's worth his his contract. And that, um, you know, he's not you know, gonna be defined by his weight and is really putting in the work. So, I mean that that'll be good for the for the Red Sox, definitely. I'm so looking forward to Red Sox. Oh my god, do I miss baseball so much? I know Patriots are in the playoffs. Bruins and Celtics are making you know, the uh you know, the first half of the season's gonna be over, but boy do I miss the Red Sox. I cannot wait for Truck Day. I'll say it. I've said it a lot. I'll say it again. Truck Day is my favorite day of the year. Um so anyways, that's about it. Um As far as, you know, things going on in the world of Boston sports, um, hopefully you guys enjoyed listening. Uh, Hopefully the Pats get a W this weekend, uh, and Bruins and Celtics can, you know, get back on track and start winning again. That'll be nice. Um, uh, Thank you very much for listening. This was Chowderhead Sports. We'll do this twice a week, and uh, have a nice weekend. Thank you very much.